Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 519, Mr. Savage. Special guest, huzzah! Yeah, I didn't even tweet about it. It's not on socials. Yeah, we have a special guest who'll be joining us in a few minutes for this special edition of the Magic Mike Show. Mike and I will be talking about the Kentucky Derby prep races that were this past weekend, were held this past weekend. That would be the Springboard Mile Stakes at Remington Park and the Low South Futurity at, of course, Low South. So uh, a couple of minor Kentucky Derby prep races. Other than that, not a lot happened this weekend in the world of horse racing, but there's a coaching carousel happening in the NHL that uh, the St. Louis Blues seem to be right in the center of. Whatever team comes into town... They get caught up in the stroll storm and their coach is gone soon. Yeah, uh, we're just going to see some teams forfeit to St. Louis here in the near future because the coach doesn't <laughs> want to go there. Bad uh, bad vibes in the St. Louis area right now in the hockey world. But, you know, do you remember the last time St. Louis Blues fired their coach midseason, Magic? You guys won the Stanley Cup. It was a good year for you. They did win the Stanley Cup that year. So nothing short of that is a success this season now. Yeah, poor Drew Bannister. Right, Drew Bannister, is that his name? It is. It's very yeah, yeah, yeah. Melon blah name. You're like, eh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. However, the Ottawa Senators for their head coach, they promoted an assistant and one of my favorite players in the NHL in the 90s, Daniel Alfredson, is behind the bench. A former Ottawa Senator legend is going to be there. So anyway, that's all the hockey talk. But that's how boring this weekend was for horse racing if you weren't paying attention to Remington um, and if you didn't care about the Los Al Futurity. However, we are going to talk about those two races quite a bit. And I've got the, uh, the video files up here because... If you didn't watch it live, it's probably very hard to find it. But we'll let the uh, we'll let the people who don't want me to put those videos come and find me, and we'll deal with that later. We'll ask for forgiveness later, Mike. But like I said, we've got the big show, the Remington Springboard Mile, and the Low South Future to talk about. Let's get into it, buddy. Right wow, yeah. it up. All right, Mike. Well, welcome in our special guest down there at the bottom. It's Shoddy. Uh, What's Shoddy up, dudes and dudettes? Shoddy's a, a longtime uh, follower of the Racing Dudes, and actually, should, look at this. Shoddy's chatting while she's watching and while she's part of the show. This is this yeah. is a pro, folks. This is we got to we got to pick up our game, Magic. We're slacking here. You called me out for it one time. I was on my laptop just responding to someone because I didn't want it to seem like Aaron was doing it. And you're like, "Why are you to get out of there?" But no, that's. That's why we have Shadi here. But Shadi, actually, the real reason we have Shadi here, she was there at the Springboard Mile Stakes. And in fact, if you're watching the, the feed right now, you can see in the background that photo of Otto the Conqueror was taken by her fantasy league teammate, Davey Cleveland. They were both down there. So they got to have a great time. I wanted to bring Shadi on, one, because she's a great guest, but two, this was a hell of a race, Mike. I don't know if you got to... Did you get a chance to watch it live? I know you're in Vegas. I did not watch it live. I have watched the replay a couple times since. thought it was a pretty interesting race. Uh, a really fantastic horse race. Like, So we don't usually get these this good of a horse race in these these larger stakes sometimes. And, and this was a really, really solid race. You had two horses just banged heads the entire time. Uh, I watched it live on my phone, and I was... Uh, I was in the middle of putting my son down for the night, like in bed, and I'm holding his hand in the crib, and the phone is sitting right on the ledge. I'm like this close to it watching. And I bet Glenn Gary, because when all the scratches happen, we'll talk about that in a second, 
when the scratches happened, I thought, he's kind of lone speed now. And if he can go to, if he can go a mile with Saez aboard, gotta play him because out of the conqueror is probably gonna be too short of a price. This was a hell of a finish. So I'll go ahead and hit play on this and we'll get started. Uh, Mike, did you have a top pick in this race at all? Uh, I had I was on out of the conqueror, but I didn't bet the race because I saw the price. And so I was I was keeping an eye on the odds board. And when the price kind of just tanked on him, and you mentioned the scratches, we'll get to the Brad Cox of it all here in a second. Um, but it, as soon as I saw the price tank on, I was like, eh, I'm not going to take that short of a price on him. And I, I like the Glenn, Glenn Gary look. I uh, kind of wish I had just hammered this exacta because it was a pretty clear one two exacta. Yeah. If you, especially if you weren't interested in, in, you know, the other short price in here, Raging Torrent, and I wasn't a huge Raging Torrent fan. So I wish I had taken that approach, but I ended up just staying away. And on the backstretch here, I thought Glenn Gary would get away, and Tyler Gaffney did exactly what he was supposed to, as he kept the horse right on Glenn Gary. Uh, I've, at this point, I'm like, out of the Conqueror is one denying to win. Glenn Gary's probably not going to hit the board. Like, I'm just thinking they're going to duel themselves down, and Glenn Gary being a sprinter is not going to make it. Shoddy, you also were Glenn Gary's supporter. What were you thinking as they're down the backstretch right here? I was, at this point, uh, so Davey was calling out the fractions, and I'm just sitting there like, oh, God, oh, God, because it's kind of hard to see when they're on the backstretch, like when you're live. Um and I, I was just at this point when they're about to go around that far turn, I'm like, all right, if Glenn Gary's got it, he's going to hold on here. But if not, he's going to drop right out. And he started fighting back. Like Otto passed him and then he would pass him. And then they were just knocking heads. Like you said, uh, the entire stretch, like going hoarse from screaming out for Glenn Gary. It's funny because I had Otto singled in a pick four, but I was cheering for Glenn Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him to, to get by. And I feel like right here, you can see his head kind of get back. I think he felt a little pinched on the rail there. But as soon mm -hmm. as Otto got by him, it, it, that was done. Uh, and then here comes the four, Magic Grant, who Pedlo actually picked uh, for his pick. Um, and he called it that those two would uh, battle up front and then that horse would come flying down. So. Yeah, and he, he won the gallop out, uh, Magic Grant did, and that's the most important part of the entire horse race. <laughs> Mike, mm. uh, <laughs> I'm going to rewind it here a little bit, Mike, uh, and go back to the top of the stretch, because this is these horses, I'll pause it real quick, these horses were not fast coming home. They were actually quite slow, and they almost had to be carried. However, from a match race perspective, Mike, this could not have been more exciting as a horse racing fan, right? This was just bang, bang, bang. Well, I think that's a, a, an important takeaway here, right? Um, fantastic horse race, not necessarily fantastic horses running in it. I think, you know, because like it, you see the fraction slow down there. You go 23, 46, that's pretty quick up front. But, you know, then they go 125 to the, to the seven eights and the mile, not exactly a phenomenal time here, 139. So almost 14 second furlongs there to close it out. That's why you see that four coming so fast. I, We'll see what happens with these two. Like we're, we're talking Derby, perhaps. I don't think we're talking Derby horses necessarily. I think that's a, mm -hmm. there's a differentiator there. And we'll get into who I think had the best and worst day when you compare these two races. Because I think horses that weren't <laughs> running, when you get into the Derby, perhaps, one of the most important things you can do is figure out commonalities between them. And we don't get that opportunity a lot because you have these separated circuits. So when you see a California horse go to Arkansas, when you see a Florida horse go to Louisiana, you have to take that into consideration and then look at the, the holistic picture and say, okay, what horses do I move up or do I move down because of the races I saw and the horses I saw run in those races and it felt to me like there were a couple clear winners and losers we'll talk a little bit more about that after the Los Al Derby because we have one horse that came from the American Pharaoh that 
uh, I would say didn't exactly run phenomenally well in this race. Um, and that kind of sets you up for uh, figuring out, okay, where do I want to what circuits do I want to focus on? How do I want to focus on my Derby winner eventually? And this is one the first stage that we're going to see in that because we now do have some uh, like results from California horses in other places. So the horse you mentioned coming out of the American Pharaoh, that's the six Raging Sea. Uh, Raging to Torrent. His credit, this, sorry, Raging Torrent. Thank you. Uh, Raging Torrent. John Lee's had made a dumb joke about the horse's name to me and it's stuck in my head. That's why I said that. Raging Torrent, the six horse, uh, To in his defense, he did not get out of the gate uh, very nicely. No, <laughs> the horse he got pinched him. really hard by Otto and Glengarry. We were like, "Oh God!" Yeah. When he first came out of the gate, <laughs> like, like bam, literally just pushed him right back. <laughs> However, yeah. I think where Mike is going with this, if you're any kind of a racehorse and they do twenty and a half from the three quarter to finish at the mile, your ass had better at least be in the photo up there. I mean, Magic Grant managed to get up there for third. Is, is that where you were kind of going with this, Mike? Yeah, I realize not the ideal trip, um, but you don't need to run last, right? Like that's yes. that's kind of where I'm coming from. Uh, and and it's not like this. And when I look at these horses, I want to say, okay, how how much did it really affect the trip for for Raging Torrent? Okay, it definitely wasn't the best trip for him, but he didn't need the lead. He didn't want the lead, and you had a, a duel in front of him. And so you should see something from that horse coming from the back of the pack. And the fact that we just didn't see anything and then you combine that with the wind me up effort uh the the picture isn't pretty for someone like Muth coming out of that those two specific races or the horses coming out of that race all right so as far as this race goes again like you said like very a great race uh, horse race but not great race horses going towards the derby here um do you have any idea where they might go i would assume glenn gary's probably gonna go the oaklawn route uh they got the iowa right he's an iowa red iowa connections go ahead Shadi. Yeah, Asmussen said that he is Derby Trail, so I would assume Oakland, but he could also go to Louisiana. But I, I think he was training at Oakland. Yeah, maybe Oakland, where they both go, right, Mike? Well, out of the Conqueror would definitely be Oakland. He was training at Oakland uh, coming up to this race in Churchill before that. Glenn Gary, I think, is a little bit more interesting. Uh, Doug Anderson, not a household name from a training perspective. Um, so he's got, and this horse uh, was a Prairie Meadows horse, right? So uh, a well-known horse to Aaron around his circuit. So we'll see where he ends up going. Did win at Keeneland last time out. I'll be also interested, I mean, I guess you probably keep him on the Derby Trail for at least one more race. Glenn Gary's a better sprinter, though. He he should be probably not going a mile and a quarter. Um, and so I, at some point, you're going to see him pull back. One of those that you may want to target and say, I'm really interested in this horse sprinting on Belmont Day, for instance, right? Like yeah. versus uh, interested him interested in him in the Derby. We'll see what happens. My guess is you're going to see the Louisiana circuit uh, for Glenn Gary, um, and you'll see the Oakland circuit here for Out of the Conqueror. Well, that was the first race, and, and Shadi, I know you're uh, very busy. You've got a, an extremely busy city life happening right out there. So thank you for coming on and joining us. I uh, <laughs> really do appreciate you honestly coming on because you were there uh, live. And actually, as Carl Ramrod said, uh, the biggest takeaway this weekend, you, uh, Davey, and Pedlo, you put together a video. You said, here's our win picks. You gave out a stone-cold trifecta. So hats off to you guys. Thank you for that. And, uh, oh. yeah, I guess we'll see you on th this last time. We're going to be nice to you because Thursday is the fantasy yeah. draft, so. And we're, we're not, we're not sure if we're going to do a video like you guys did last year. Cause like you said, we need to be humble. So. 
We might flash the range. I didn't say you have to do anything. I just said, you just know that my guns are always <laughs> cocked and loaded and ready to go. When it's that's, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, magic, uh, magic doesn't know what humble means. Shadi, before you go, I got a real quick question for you. How was the atmosphere okay. at Remington? I, I love Remington Park. Like one, one of my favorite small tracks. Was it, was it crazy there? Um, well, there's actually a video that I have on my uh, Twitter of us, Davey and I being the only people out in the apron, but oh, no. it was, it was 45 degrees with a 10, uh, so it was 36 wind chill. It was cold. It was rainy. Everyone was inside placing their bets or they were at the paddock during that video. But when the races were actually happening, it was, there was, so there's people out there. Yeah, if, you, if you haven't been to Remington, highly recommend if you're in Oklahoma City to to check it out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, oh, it's so it's fun! One of those beautiful small tracks. The the apron area is awesome. They've got picnic tables out there that you can sit at during the races. Really nice pack to paddock. go to. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's a, it's very very cool small tracks. If you've never been there, make sure you put it on the bucket list. All right, Shadi, thanks so much. We'll see you on Thursday at the fantasy draft. Ta ta. Uh, also, sorry, pulled her out just a uh, quick second there, but uh, Truth Exposed said hi to you. She, sorry, so back. she saw that. And uh, Gary Kellaros also saying, yay, it's Shadi, uh, much earlier. So, yeah, very happy that Shadi was here. Uh, and, yeah, the Racing Dudes Triple Crown Fantasy League draft is this Thursday live at, uh, let's see, it's going to be 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central, 5 Pacific. So, uh, 11 teams picking, each picking five horses that we all think will do great things on the Kentucky Derby Trail. So, it's not just fun because there's a lot of goofiness that happens. But, Mike, it's also an important thing because several top handicappers are in the league, and then we also have a few other people. But we're all watching this derby trail, and if there are going to be a lot of horse names that people probably don't recognize. We're kind of like telling you, maybe pay attention to this one. Might not turn into anything, but here's a horse that we kind of think has some potential. So it's all about the potential. Yeah, it's it's a great uh, great way to get on top of the Derby early if you want to start putting horses on a watch list, things like that. And that that's something that I do every year is I'll I'll when someone says a horse that I don't know, I'm like, okay, I'll go back, watch some replays, see what we can do. And and if you start kind of crushing the replays, you can see some of these horses that pop out to you and you can get at decent numbers. I had three of them last year at pretty good numbers uh, that I got in January once you started to get a little bit more information. And uh, two of them were because of you, Magic, when I started doing research on uh, on a fantasy different team, fan, different fantasy team members. So it's a great way to do that. Also wanted to throw this up real quick. I did not hear this. Gillian, uh, mm -hmm. mentioned, or Gillian mentions Raging Torrent Bled coming down the stretch. Uh, I did not hear that he did bleed. That obviously gives him a, a lot more of an excuse in that situation um, versus just a straight-up race. Less horrible. And also, he's still a maiden, isn't he? There's a, there are a few horses that were maidens in the American Pharaoh. I can't remember if Raging Torrent. He might not have been one, but either way, um, bring it back to California. No, he's not a man. He, he broke his maiden uh, first time out of five furlongs, went to the grade three best pal, ran third to Prince of Monaco, then ran in the uh, Mile Futurity, ran fourth, and then the American Pharaoh ran fourth. I think there's a, a Sormo horse that I'm thinking of that was in the American Pharaoh as well. But anyways, speaking of California horses and, well, a horse that's at least wearing the colors of Muth, who won the American Pharaoh, that is Coach Primer. Talk about the grade two Los Al Futurity a race that Bob Baffert has won, I think, what, eight times straight, 10 in a row. I don't, this is the Bob Baffert future. He's won it almost every year. It's been at Los Al. Practical move, who shoddy uh, rode to fantasy league success last year, actually won this race last year. But, Mike, it, there's three Bob Bafferts, and the longest price wins it. I, what do you make of this? This is a mess. I... It's a tough one to take too much away from. Uh, the other, other, other Baffert wins. It kind of felt like a, a Saratoga turf race with Chad Brown horses where 
one of them goes to the lead and it's not really the one you'd expect. I thought wind me up would be the horse on the lead. Um, and yeah. it, it en- ends up being the two on the rail and, and wind me up and coach prime really kind of get funky trips because of how this plays out. I mean, you see coach prime there basically yeah. four wide into the first turn, it wind hurts. me up four wide into the first turn, but it just hurts to watch the wide trips oh. on these two horses. <laughs> so it's like, it's hard to take too much away from them. Well, the two, you know, kind of went pretty quick here. Right. But it wasn't like the, two is flying so when you watch the race you're like do i really think winstock is is you know better than these horses not really after watching this you also have and we've talked about this before you've got that turfy type feel at los alamitos where turf breeding can can be a positive um, and you don't always see the same thing with the dirt side so i'm not going to take much out of this i i'm not gonna i will to me, wind me up was the most disappointing horse in this race because I thought wind me up should be able to get the lead or at least press the lead. And, and going 47, almost 48, the effort down the lane, I thought was was pretty lackluster here. Uh, was clearly the fourth best horse in this race behind the two, three and five, two, three and five. I thought Coach Prime probably the best horse in this race. Um, really funky trip there. The four wide, the five wide. There's for Los Alamitos, the fractions weren't very good. And, and kind of you mm-hmm. could see him starting to grind late and figure things out. Uh, still very green, so we'll see if he can take a step forward here. Uh, the three, I feel like, really should have won the race, Stronghold. Um, and Stronghold just couldn't get by uh, Winstock in this spot. And and it, you know, the trip was perfect. And so you kind of say, okay, going forward, is, is Stronghold going to be much better than this? Probably not. Um, is Winstock going to be much better than this? Probably not. Coach Prime has a chance to improve out of it. Um, the only horse I think is, is really... A derby prospect is probably Coach Prime, uh, but it, to me the the biggest issue here was uh, we talked about Muth a little bit last race. Talk about the American Pharaoh, it, Raging Torrent. If Raging Torrent did bleed, you obviously got to put the put a grain of salt on that effort. But wind me up just was was bad here, right? And that was the horse that gave Muth a little bit of trouble in the American Pharaoh, and, and obviously did not run well in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. And so you combine these two efforts now, and you kind of scratch your head about about Muth a little bit more than I think uh, I was expecting this early in the campaign. This you summed everything up perfectly. And, and right there, they're, they're hitting the wire on the replay. Nicely done. Uh, it's like you do this professionally, like, uh, you know, every uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for VEASAN in Las Vegas. Um, this uh, wind me up. I'm going to agree with Shadi. Wind me up. I was about the most disappointing. And I don't it's tough to to. I want to say it was Juan Hernandez's fault, the jockey on the six, because when they came out of the gate, he's looking over. Watch him. He like he knows that the two, but he also knows the two is a Baffert. I'm Baffert's like the reason I have so much money and all these nice things and can support my family is because of Bob Baffert. If I screw up Bob Baffert, I'm not riding for Bob Baffert anymore. So that's I don't know why he didn't send the horse. The horse won gate to wire early, like almost wired American Pharaoh in his second start, first time routing. Why'd you let him go four wide on a speed track when he's a speed horse? I don't understand it. Yeah, the, so go back there. Here's the thing. Um, I understand not pressing the two. I don't understand not clearing the three, four, five. Yes. Like that That to me was a, a like, okay, fine. If you don't want the lead, I, I get it. But you got to go more than what you did. And then that was surprising to me, especially with the style of the horse. Now, maybe, maybe there were some instructions here because we know that like, Chad Brown gives instructions in the, those turf races of which horse is supposed to go to the lead. 
Maybe he was specifically told, hey, you're giving the two the lead today. We're going to see if Wymyep is able to stalk because we want to try and change the dynamics up on this horse because that's how we're eventually going to try and win you know, major races with, with Wymyep. And if that was the case, this was a pretty big failure. But the trip also wasn't great. Uh, however, you just you got to beat the at least the three, right? I mean, it, like at least it's just, like it just the fact that there was nothing left there, and it, it felt like Coach Prime was all in before Wind Me Up was all in, and then Wind Me Up just kind of backed up. I mean, if you're watching, it's like if you watch this replay here, uh, Coach Prime's getting shook up pretty good here, and Wind Me Up, mm-hmm. I, it feels like is not getting shook up as well and making progress, and then. Just never has any kick once they once they clear this turn. Yeah, that that really kind of further tells me how much this is a speed horse, and this is all just organically coming to uh, or leading to the next video that's coming out or just came out on the Racing Dudes YouTube channel, which was Aaron explaining how pay, he handicaps pace and how to handicap pace if you're not sure, and if you see a horse with you know one horse with low that's lone speed. If you see two horses with speed, nah, that might be bad. If you see horses that are three four wide trying to go to the front. And the six doesn't get it. The six gets fourth because he didn't get the lead and he's pissed off about it. So um, go check that video out if you haven't yet. But it's it's a classic example right there. That is a horse that wants the lead, didn't get the lead and said, I hate this. Yeah, I, I'm after watching these two races, uh, Niso seems like he might have had the best day of any horse and he didn't even <laughs> run. Right. I mean, strongholds, <laughs> it came from fourth in the Bob Hope, a grade three at Del Mar last time, a four horse field, but came from fourth, ended up dominating that field beat stronghold by eight lengths that horse ends up running second here and wasn't involved in the in the mess that was the american pharaoh at this point urban legend colorado cruiser ran behind him uh he won by 10 lengths 10 open lengths both of those came back to run okay in their next starts as well so uh that would make me believe right now nisos is the best baffert and uh when you Peruse over to the odds board. I believe he is the top Baffert choice as well. Uh, Fierceness right now, 11 to 1. Dornock, 16 to 1. Niso, 16 to 1. Sierra Leone, 16 to 1. And then Locked at 25 to 1. Right now, your top five. Well, you talked about one last point I'll make. You talked about the times and how they were a little slow for this race. I'll fast forward so you can get who are watching and see the final fractions there. I'm going to read off what Practical Move did last year. And different year, different horse, different track conditions, but fast track, low salads, a quarter horse track, so it's built for speed. Last year, Practical Move set off the pace. They went 23 and 3, 46 and 3, 110 and 1, 135 flat, final time 141 and 3. He was two seconds faster than this field last year. Do yeah. not take any of these horses for the Derby Trail. Maybe Coach Prime as like a flyer is like a longer shot, but he's four to five here. What kind of odds would he really be? Well, here's I mean, the only thing I have with that is like I it, racetracks change a lot in a year. And so the time changes quite a bit over that time. Now, what did the what was the buyers last year? Oh, that one I don't I want to say he was like high 90s. Practical yeah. move it was like 95, 97, something like that. And this these are mid 80s, right? Mid like 85, 86 here for the top two finishers. And that, we didn't talk about that in Springboard Mile. The buyers came back depressingly low for the Springboard Mile. I want to say it was like low 70s, high 60s, something like that. 71 for Otto the Conqueror, yep. So uh, it kind of uh, backs up the, hey, they went really slow. If you just look at the times, those 14-second furlongs, they're late. Um, Yeah, and Rodney's like, I love him in the Breeders' Cup, the Coach Prime that far down the road. Um, Yeah, I I don't don't disagree. 
Look, the horse six months been in there, Rodney. You're six months early on that conversation. Yeah, I mean, the horse clearly has talent, right? I'm not going to knock yeah. the horse for that. And the race was a, a funky race here. It's the first time going two turns for Coach Prime, if I remember correctly, as well. So the, there are ex, there are excuses that are built up into this. Um, but it still wasn't, you know, and from a derby perspective, which I think is what we're more focused on is what do we think of that horse? And obviously there's a whole Baffert of the, of the situation here in the Derby and who, whether or not to transfer trainers and all that jazz. So we'll deal with that down the road. Um, if Baffert was allowed to run, let's just go with the hypothetical. I think coach prime is the only horse from this field that could make the gate. Yeah. Uh, out of this field, I agree with you. I will uh, slight correction. He has only run two turns. Coach prime debuted on turf. Oh, that's going right. Yeah, you're turns, right. Which is also a weird thing. Why would Baffert debut the horse on turf at two turns that late in the season? Sometimes you see that earlier in the year, especially at Del Mar, because that's the only spot they have two turns is on the turf for the two-year-olds. But it's late enough in the year he should have gone to the dirt for two turns or seven furlongs, six and a half. You usually see those distances for the route horses. Just a lot of question marks about an extremely high-priced horse. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, the the I don't think. Okay, so the, the the debuting on the turf doesn't bother me that much. The, the plan was never for this to be a turf horse, right? It's a one point seven million dollars Zandon purchase. The goal was always to end up on the dirt and possibly compete for a Kentucky Derby. And I, I think that they just said, "Hey, we want to make sure we get this horse into a race," and and that Santa Anita Mile race popped up, and they wanted to go a mile, right? Mm-hmm. And that was that was kind of the decision there. So I, that that doesn't bother me as much. Um, I do like the fact that he can clearly stalk, right? Like that to me is a he won his race last time out in the starting in the sixth position early in the race was fifth at the half mile point was last in this race. So clearly knows how to pass horses at a young age, but still like there's some head stuff that needs to be worked out here. And I think you can see that right here when they turn for home where he's making up ground on everybody and then kind of just idles right in this spot. You know, we have about a 16th of a mile where he actually fades back to last again. And then you see that kick in again, that extra gear. And so still need to get the mental aspect of this horse down before we really understand what the top end is. And that's also why of anyone in this field, I take coach prime is because everyone else seems pretty mentally full. Wind me up was a little bit of a mess, but the fact that this is the, where they end, I mean, to me, coach prime while mentally not completely developed yet running that race is the most interesting of this group. Well, I'm going to be curious to see what happens with all the different Bob Baffert horses because uh, there's plenty of them. There's plenty that you will find about, uh, find out about in the Racing Dudes Triple Crown Fantasy League. I saw some people talking in the chat about it earlier. Uh, Christian even bringing up uh, Pilot Commander. I got that right. Pilot Commander there. So there's a lot going on with the Baffert horses. Uh, speaking of the Derby Trail, Mike, I love fairgrounds. It's not often we say this, but one of the things we always love about fairgrounds, they're at least a week ahead with every race entry. Look at this Gunrunner Stakes. Like, look at... You've got next level for Keith DeSormo, catching freedom for Brad Cox, risk it for Asmussen, who's one of the most impressive Saratoga debut winners this summer, at neat for Atris, footprint for Kenny McPeak at a price with Hernandez, so that horse is guaranteed to hit the board, uh, Sneed for Brendan Walsh, track Phantom for Steve Asmussen, and Nash, your 7-5 favorite because he had a 97 buyer for winning his debut. This is a load. The, the gun runner is going to be graded next year. There's no way from this field it's not a grade 3 next year. You would hope so, uh, but man, this is this is a very fun race. You know, my favorite thing about this, my boy Ray Lou Gutierrez and uh, and and Torres both have mounts. 
I'm pumped mm-hmm. that we're seeing both of them here because I know Christian Torres and Rayleigh Gutierrez, two jockeys that I liked a couple of years back, who we've seen kind of go through the circuit and get more and more publicity and uh, excited to see them get opportunities at this level. So excited to see that they're there. Um, yeah, this is going to be a fun race, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, the grading thing, like, I, I mean, it's on the laundry list of things horse racing needs to fix. <laughs> like a lot of people talking. Yeah. A lot of people are talking about the Naira thing this weekend. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that, that's on the list as well. Like they, what happened? I'm not aware of what happened yesterday, and there's a lot of people talking about in the chat. What happened? It was there was a DQ that I think the mass majority of the world does not believe there was a DQ on, and then uh, Naira doubled down and suspended the jockey who they DQ'd, Alvarado, instead of like coming out and saying something. So there's a the ownership group of the horse that got DQ'd is now filing a grievance against Naira to say that there should be a review, but no one really knows what that process is, and like. It's just, we'll put it this way. It's the culmination of a bunch of shitty decisions by Naira stewards that made everyone upset because they made their shittiest one yet. Is that fair? And Junior Alvarado was the jockey that got beat up for it and say he got suspended three days too. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it, it was a pretty interesting one. Like you watch it and you're like, what why where are we what what are we doing here and it you know um it wasn't like it, it wasn't the winner of the race right so it was the second place horse i believe that got the dq and you're like i just it was a head scratcher man it was it's hard to even explain like how messed up the process was because it just it was up there when like they had a DQ. Where was it? They had a DQ somewhere, but they were flashing dead heat instead of DQ and conf- like confused. It's like that kind of stuff where it's just incompetence. And and then it just it was not. It was one of those races where I don't I could did not see any reason why you're taking the horse down, and yet then they flash it for a long time and then they take the horse down and then you're like, wait what? And then they suspend the <laughs> jockey and I, it's just. Because of everything, it was crazy, and yeah, it was uh, it was a five hundred thousand dollar New York bread stakes race too. So that's where the other problem is. is The the ownership is like you can't take us. The second place purse money is quite a bit as well. Mm -hmm. So you Mm -hmm. sit there and you're there's so many different pieces of this where it's like it's just unfathomable, and and you've seen wild inconsistencies from Naira, where it's like, hey, one time it's a DQ, the next time it's not. And that I think is the most frustrating part of all of this thing is that it's just like you need to be consistent. If you if the same thing is a foul every time for the same jockey and the same trainer, and the same ownership group, great. I don't care if, if it's not the letter of the law. I care it's consistent because then I know what the actual letter of the law is because I have consistency. And in this case, just another one of those situations where you're like, I, I, I don't get it. I don't, it's a head scratcher. I like Shadi's comment. Horses on the inside were causing trouble. You should have just moved out of their way. DQ for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, <sighs> it's frustrating. But again, it's like the laundry list. Like, that's why, like, I would much rather this race isn't graded and we fix the stewards problem <laughs> than this that's race true. gets graded. You know, like, it's just, there's so many things that I would put above making sure that the right races are graded because, look, I, I'm surprised they don't have every race graded at some point because you know why people have graded races? So they can get black type and horses sell, sell for more. I mean, like it's just it's it's ridiculous. So I'm surprised that they don't don't put more of the grade races up there. The uh, it, it, it's like the argument for just let every baseball player use steroids. Like I, I don't know, just let them all do it. It's fine. It's they're if all everyone's, cheating. If anyway, everyone's cheating, no one's cheating, right? <laughs> I'm sure no one will push the envelope on that. 
No, no, absolutely not. But hey, listen, we've been pushing the envelope on this show. It's already been half an hour. And, and somehow we talked for half an hour about two races that really didn't excite us that much from this weekend. <laughs> but it was really great to have Shadi on and get her first person, uh, first hand account from being there at Remington Park. Uh, then we got to see here uh, the Gunrunner Stakes and talk about the Low South Futurity. And we'll plug it one more time. The Racing Dudes Triple Crown Fantasy League Draft is this Thursday at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern, 7 Central. If you don't care about our Fantasy League, totally understand. It gets kind of goofy. However, if you like the Triple Crown, tune in for that. Because I'm telling you, you're going to see John White, one of the greatest horse racing minds alive. He's going to give his thoughts on horses that are coming. Aaron and Jared have been doing this for over a decade and give all of their thoughts on the horses. Kelby Von Hemel, who's shooed plenty of greatest six champions, he's going to be drafting horses. He fell bass backwards for the second straight year into the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Champion, owned by Rapoli, trained by Todd Pletcher. So, you know, what's going to go wrong for them this year, I guess, is why I want to. But all that to say, please tune in. It's a lot of fun. We put a lot of work into it because we're so excited. So love to see you there for that one. Yeah, and Magic will make an ass of himself as well. More so than I ever do. On, like, if you took five <laughs> months worth of me making an ass of myself on this show and just squelched it into, like, a two-hour bit, that's what the Fantasy League is. The yeah, I don't. Doc is saying the double Ds are coming, so did so. Someone let Dr. Tang and Dr. Miranda into this league. Um, and there will only be one D there. So it's not the double D's that will be coming on Thursday, if I, I remember correctly. Um, there are so many jokes. I'm not even I'm not I'm just gonna leave that alone now. I just started talking you know, about that. It's, and it's, I just started almost... like Oh boy. It's like if Aaron knew there was somebody in the fantasy league who likes to do wrestling style promos every year and thought, well, he's already gonna make fun of them. What if I just make it a lot easier for him to make fun of them? Yeah. Uh, yes, I am very aware of what the team name is, and you can bet your ass it's in the script a little bit there. Uh, speaking of DQs, Aaron says, I wish the three would have gotten DQ'd a few times in the Sigma Derby. You got to introduce him and whoever the hell else was with him to the Sigma Derby that we talked about last week, and I'm so happy. We did. Uh, we played some Sigma Derby. There is a live shot of Aaron playing Sigma Derby. You can see he was wow. very... Very frustrated by the, uh, the the lack of the threes break. Uh, so it's it's a fun little game. You got uh, five horses that are on little tracks to go around. Uh, it was a lot of it was a blast. If you're ever in Vegas, you want to go downtown. The D is the last place left. John White was actually with us, and he loves Sigma Derby, but hadn't played it in years because he couldn't find one. So he was over the moon when we ended up finding the Sigma Derby and playing it there. Uh, it was an absolute blast. So make sure uh, to check that out. It's a old quarter game. You literally put quarters in. You get odds on a Quinella, and when it wins, you hit a button, and it pays you out in quarters, which is like my favorite part of this is it actually pays you out in the quarters, so it feels like one of the old-school slot machines. They also yeah. give you free drinks, and let me tell you, it's hard to lose a lot of money quickly at that game. It's the cheapest drinks you can get in Vegas, and you can just jokingly scream at electronical horses, which you can pretty much tell who's going to run first or second as soon as they turn for home because the ones who end up running first or second start going really fast and like, wobble back and forth and almost fall over like they're gonna uh, fall off the peg. yeah it's it's incredible it's 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 a lot of fun yeah so it's 25 cent free drinks uh it, it's a blast at sigma derby down there at the d so oh my god wait a minute you finally got to meet john yes how yeah, did I went, that go i went well i <laughs> uh, went to dinner with john and uh we went with free beers john and ryan stillman and Rhonda. so i had a good time there i Rhonda and stillman actually on my flight back home uh, so we sat next to them. Randa, the not Rhonda, Randa. Randa, I'm sorry, Randa and, and Brian on the flight back home. Uh, and so got to fly next to them. It was an absolute blast. Got to talk to them. Got to I, I hadn't met Randa before, so got to know her very well. Uh, so it was a lot of lot of fun with everybody. Good dinner. Um, and then, yeah, some uh, some good times there playing playing a little Sigma Derby. 
Yeah, but we uh, traditionally go meet Din John for dinner after the Breeders' Cup Saturday when it's held at Santa Anita. And so when we did that this year, you had the bombs and you had to leave early the next morning. It was a long weekend. You were very tired. I'm like, I just I can't do it. I got a lot of work to do and just need to sleep. John was so sad when he found out that you weren't coming. When I rolled in and they all go, where's Mike? I was like, it's not coming. He's like, oh. Well, hi, Magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, we sat next to each other at dinner, had a good little horse racing talk there. The, the Sigma Derby had a good little betting talk as well. We'd run, uh, uh, he, John had a very good weekend. He uh, he made some money on the on the NFL and the NHL this weekend, so he enjoyed himself there. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Aaron went to his first Golden Knights game as well. And that uh, I, I've been to a couple Golden Knights games. Phenomenal atmosphere. If you're looking for a hockey game to go to, you haven't been to one. The Knights are a great one to check out. Um, so definitely highly recommend that. I know he enjoyed it as well. Overall, I think he lost a couple bucks on it, unfortunately. Uh, Golden Knights dominate the game, but don't win the first period, which is often a frustration in betting in that front. So all, all in all, good uh Good little Vegas weekend, a lot of fun. Happy to be home for the holidays now. And uh, I am looking forward to, where is it? Oh, I thought I saw it. Here it is. We're only eight days away from San Anita opening back up. Mm -hmm. They have a very good card coming on that day. And I'm fortunate enough to win a seat into the tournament that day on Express Bet as well. So looking forward to the 26th and uh, the San Anita opening day card. And I am extremely happy that San Anita is drawing those races Friday this week. This week, Friday, so the day after the Triple Crown Fantasy League, <laughs> the, the Aaron's, Aaron's no one won a lot. Yeah, um, the, man. <laughs> the, the day after the Fantasy League draft, we get to have the fields for the Malibu, the La Brea, and the American Oaks, along with those are just the grade one races. You got the Mathis Brothers Mile, uh, Native Diver, San Pasquale, whatever the hell, the, the older Dirt Rouse races, that's happening that weekend too. The reason I'm happy about that is because Saturday I'm leaving for Michigan for a week and I'm not bringing the computer. So it's either we don't cover those races. Thankfully, they're drawn on Friday. So we can get those races previewed before I get the hell out of town. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sandini. Appreciate that one. I like it. So we're not no Magic Mike show on Thursday because we got the draft, right? Correct. Do we, do we want to do a Santa Anita Magic Mike show on over the weekend, Friday, Saturday or Sunday? Well, I leave Saturday and so they Friday? draw Friday. So it was a Maybe they Saturday. draw Friday afternoon morning. <laughs> okay, all right, never mind. <laughs> I was gonna Maybe. say what I was gonna actually offer if you wanted. I don't know what your schedule is, um, but we could do Gulfstream or a different one. I know Gulfstream will be out. It's actually already out, so we could do Gulfstream on this Wednesday for Saturday for the weekend if we wanted, or we can just take it off. It's up to you. Let me figure out. I'll, I'll hit you up offline. We got no school okay. now, so I got a five-year-old with me all the time, uh, which makes ah, it a little more. Okay. And we have zoo camp for the first couple of days, but I don't know how long that lasts or how close to the holiday. So uh, we'll figure that out. If not, I can also recruit uh, one Aaron Halterman, who now has some heavy pants after that Vegas game, apparently, um, to join me on uh, on Saturday or Sunday for a quick little uh, Santa Anita opening day recap as well. Yeah. You know, and, and as Aaron said, so much and I could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was supposed Aaron, to be homage. Yeah. Hmm. Uh I think I think Aaron had a little bit to drink in Vegas. Can you can you uh confirm or deny that report? He was tame. I'm gonna just say like now maybe he wasn't the other nights, but the nights tame he, by like, Aaron's standards or just tame? Just tame in general. I mean like, like not, neither of us was was overly intoxicated on uh on Saturday night. Now I don't know if that changed. Oh, you were with him Friday. Okay, never mind. No, I was not with him Friday night. I was no, I was with him Saturday night. Uh and the, the intoxication levels were they actually, you know what? They were like day after Aaron's really drunk levels. So maybe that's what would happen. Maybe Friday uh -huh. was a little uh, off if the road. Aaron rail. was tame Saturday, there's no way he was anything other than belligerent Friday. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Friday wasn't tame, he says. But hey, I'm glad you guys all made it home. I'm glad you guys had a great time. And I'm sure we'll hear more about those experiences on Blinkers Off because it was Aaron's big 40th birthday party in Las Vegas. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Like I said, one more time, uh, join us Thursday, 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern for the Racing Dudes Triple Crown Fantasy League Draft. That'll be that, episode, that week's episode of Blinkers Off. Love to see you there. Stay tuned to where we are on the socials because Mike and I are going to talk here in a few minutes about when uh, we're going to be doing a show later this week, if we can. If not, Mike and Aaron will do something for the weekend for Santa Anita. So make sure you follow us. I'm at Curtis Kellard. He is at Summerbomb18, number one, number eight, Corporal Overlords, at Racing underscore Dudes. Any final words? Hey, actually, do you want to talk about the Eagles game? You got to pick for the Eagles game tonight. Uh, I, I lean toward the Eagles. I played a minus three yesterday. Uh, it looks like Drew Locke is going to start for uh, the Seattle Seahawks, so no Geno Smith. Looks like Jalen Hurts is going to start for the Eagles. If that's the case, the Eagles three and a half I still like. Uh, I think Swift has a big night. So this, this is a, a run defense that has really struggled the last five games. So uh, I'll take Swift over 59 and a half rushing yards as a prop. A Little League draft for Jared's Turtles. That is going to be in February, I believe. So tune in for that one as well. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back at some point, sometime. Just join us here at youtube.com slash racingdudes and racingdudes.com. Until whenever that time is, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Special thanks again to Shadi for joining us. We'll see you next time. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb. Because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.